0: A vegan superhero is a new breed of athlete. Stronger, healthier, and driven by purpose. Vegan superheroes wage war against society's status quo and win. Vegan superheroes battle the forces of evil that profit from the suffering of others. Vegan superheroes take a stand for what they believe in and prove the haters wrong. If you ask the meatheads and clueless fitness gurus, they'll tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. Vegan superheroes inspire change, spread compassion, challenge the status quo, and fuel the revolution. Our mission is to help you become a vegan superhero. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Hey, what's going on? My name is Leigh Farneson, joined by my co host, my brother Anders. Anders. <laughs> that was a really weird way of saying my name. <laughs> How's what's going, up, man? guys? <laughs>
1: Um and that's how we bring back another episode. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, um, things have been fantastic over. I was actually it, gonna
0: restart it, but we'll no. Do let's roll. With,
1: <laughs> let's roll with this. This is good. Um, but uh, this is like the first time Leif and I are sitting down and and actually chatting in over a month. So uh, it's pretty cool to be back uh, and to have our amazing mics. Um, so if for You've those that Mister Mike.
0: What's that? You've missed your mic? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, um, I was actually, it, it was funny, like, I w- I'll keep this real brief, but I went to Mexico for uh, what was scheduled for uh, a week and a half. Um, and I just ended up, I was like, I'm just going to stay here all month. <laughs> so I ended up staying there all of June. Um, phenomenal experience. Um, stayed down in Tulum. Um, vegan scene is unreal there, um, and has definitely made me eating
0: out, not the, not in the grocery store, right?
1: Right. Yeah. There's a ton of nice fresh produce and and vegetables, but like, as far as like vegan products, there's that's kind of non-existent there. Did they Uh, have
0: tofu and simple stuff? I couldn't
1: find tofu. No. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure that they might've had it in like a specialty store, but in Tulum, it's really, it's more of like a, a beach community, not like a city.
0: But um, you could find tofu at a restaurant, right?
1: Um, rare. Um, oh, seitan really? was more um, the, the main source of protein oh, in places. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was a great experience. Uh, made me really want to uh, pack up all my things and, and move. <laughs> so um, that might be in the near future. But um, yeah, recap your month, dude. What's been going on in the past month? We got to
0: give them something. Basically, (laughs) work and training. And that's what's going to be happening for the next two months. Yeah. It's coming up, isn't it? Just got to get stuff done. Feeling good? It is coming up. It's Yeah, we're two months out now. Feeling good? Well, two months in like a week and a half. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. I Yeah, I've been doing all... I've been really on top of all the different events. And I'm just feeling... I'm feeling like I'm building a solid foundation. I know I'm not going to like totally crush time or anything for this thing not
1: set any records or anything like that <laughs> uh, far from it
0: but i'll finish without dying and yeah. that will be an achievement <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah so i'm a, i'm feeling especially comfortable on well swimming has probably been the major breakthrough yeah. just i actually just last week i started doing multiple laps with only goggles on hey. which, which is pretty all grown up yeah <laughs> I'm a big boy now, <laughs> so that that's felt pretty good. And i I've only been able to string together a few laps at this point, but I can see a clear path to getting beyond that. Cool. So, literally, like that two is months the ago, power of uh, consistency, right there. <laughs> yeah, and having a coach. All right. His so BJ's workouts, our coach BJ, his workouts have been perfect for me. Yeah. Like. I, he's met me exactly where I,
1: I am. Is it and just given kind of the incremental, uh, like, uh, build up? Yeah. Is one of the most, is?
0: one of the most amazing things that I have realized through this process is that he focuses a lot on not just building the endurance and the distance, but continuing to refine your craft and then take little short breaks. technique i yeah technique that's a better way of saying it and that's been really amazing to me and that's exactly what i need in the pool and that's not what i thought that i needed well
1: i mean if you take a step back think about it it's like you're so used to like gripping and ripping it on like lifts and everything so you're like uh like, of course we focus on form in those but you're just used to just like giving brute force and like this is more just like um I don't know, yeah, techniques and like small incremental changes and not like power, but it's more of movement. Um, so it's like we perfected yes. lifting up to that point and it's just like you're kind of restarting that process with
0: try like with with all these events, which is really cool. Yeah, what I thought was necessary is just continuing to do like miles of all of this stuff right so just adding miles and miles and just that's what we did for that man. <laughs> yeah basically and i what i was doing in the pool before i started working with bj is i would just go in there and i'd put on a snorkel because i couldn't actually swim freestyle and doing the breathing thing so i would just <laughs> breathing <put> it, thing <laughs> yeah that whatever <laughs> thing like kind of important <laughs> So I put on a snorkel and I would just do a mile and a half or something like that. And I thought, OK, well, I'm building endurance like this is what I need to do. And then at some magical moment, I'm going to take off the snorkel and right. I can swim. <laughs> right. But like that is unrealistic. And to be honest, I never really kind of saw a clear path to like taking a snorkel off. And then it's just like, right. oh, I can swim now. <laughs> right. So what he is, has had me do is start workouts with a longer swim, like a 400 or a 600, something like that, uh, yard swim, and do that with a snorkel, and then take that off, and then start doing shorter, like 25s and 50s, with um, with a with my fins. I do that first. And the fins actually make a huge difference when it comes to, uh, getting, getting your breathing down because it opens up your, your stroke a little bit. It gives you another, like partial milliseconds. Yeah. It gives you another like couple milliseconds or whatever it is to actually get that breath because you're kind of propelled forward a little bit more easily with your, with your fins. Yeah. So anyways, doing that and then... and then taking the fins off and then doing 25s, 50s with, uh, without those fins. So that's just been really huge. Right. And then taking a little 15 to 20 second rest in between each of those. And then you just kind of like recalibrate what you're doing with your form. And that's just been an, a total game changer. Right. So yeah. been really enjoying that. For,
1: for those that don't know, 25s and 50s, that's meters in the pool, right? That's one lap? It's
0: actually yards. Oh, yards. Yeah. Okay but yeah. pretty close. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, like speaking of training and everything and kind of like, uh, just perfecting, uh, and improving, uh, that's kind of like what we're diving into for the podcast today. You know, it's like, um, talking about like protein timing and so forth. And, um,
0: I uh, think we should give them some some value here since it's been a while. So <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of a, an update to part of a future of a previous episode that we've done, and but, probably future, <laughs> and probably future. Like this is an important topic. Kind of talking about protein is something that I think is pretty important. It's arguably the most important macronutrient when it comes to accomplishing any kind of fitness goal. It's the biggest thing
1: that vegans kind of stress about, you know, when it comes to, to health and fitness,
0: I think everyone, but yeah. yeah, vegans are certainly in that group as well. So yeah, I want to talk about uh, protein consumption when you should be doing that. So the idea of protein timing really kind of originated in the early bodybuilding days when uh, strength and physique athletes kind of logically hypothesized that consuming protein as quickly as possible after a workout would basically immediately initiate the muscle recovery process and ensure kind of maximal gains. So when kind of taken to the extreme, that's developed this idea of what's known as a post- workout anabolic window and if you don't consume all of your protein within like that anabolic window then you're just going to lose out you're (laughs) going to lose out on all your gains and stuff and i've heard a bunch of different numbers for what this is 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour something like that so in this context when we're talking about an anabolic window the word anabolic refers to muscle building Uh, Though anabolic processes are more generally defined as the construction of molecules from smaller units. So anabolic just means that we're building stuff up. And when we're talking about uh, building muscles, that's why we refer to the uh, word anabolic. So until recently, peer-reviewed scientific literature actually supported the idea that you should consume protein pretty much as soon as possible after a workout. So in a 2013 article published in the American Journal of Lifestyle Medicine, the researchers noted that consuming protein and other nutrients within 45 minutes after exercise increases muscle and strength gains. Dozens of other studies conducted over the last 30 years have reached similar conclusions, all suggesting that you should aim to consume an adequate amount of protein within about an hour after you finish a workout. So basically all these studies over that 30 year period have reinforced the myth of the anabolic window. However, a recent meta-analysis that reviewed the data from 20 of these protein timing studies unveiled a common flaw among these studies' designs. So, you can't always just take studies at face value. You kind of have to break them down and figure out, hey, how exactly were the researchers going about this? I can basically design a study that will give me whatever conclusion I ultimately want to reach. So, if I'm a protein timing researcher and I'm going into a study thinking, oh, anabolic windows matter, then maybe I'm actually introducing some of that bias into the design of my study and it's going to yield the result that I'm looking for and kind of expecting. So that doesn't mean I have any ill intentions there. It just means that I'm not designing the study in a way that could potentially introduce another conclusion. Mm -hmm. So the renowned hypertrophy researchers who conducted this meta-analysis found that the most that most of the differences in muscle mass gains cited in previous protein timing studies could be explained by differences in total daily protein intake. So in other words, subjects in the immediate post-workout protein intake group within these 20 protein timing studies consumed more total protein than the control groups. When the meta-analysis researchers reanalyzed all of this collected data to account for this discrepancy, they concluded that the results actually, quote, refute the commonly held belief that the timing of protein intake in and around a training session is critical to muscular adaptations and instead indicate that consuming adequate protein in combination with resistance exercise is the key factor for maximizing muscle protein accretion. So it's a a 2000, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> mouthful. That's how all these studies talk. Right. <laughs> all these researchers talk. Yeah, that's
1: why it's so overwhelming for some people. Like you search something and you have like page after page of all these different like vocabulary, uh, like all these words and so forth.
0: Yeah, it can be a little daunting when you're first like diving into the research, but once you start learning kind of the central lingo for right. a particular kind of area of study then you can really actually understand it at a more foundational level. And it's really, it's really, ultimately, that's where you should be going for information is actual like peer reviewed scientific literature. So that's why I care about it. That's why that's all we cite. Right. (laughs) So it's important. A 2014 study conducted at McMaster University reinforced their conclusion by finding that muscle sensitivity to amino acids remains elevated for at least 48 hours after exercise. However, this sensitivity spikes around three hours after exercise and drops over time, so consuming protein sooner rather than later tends to have a greater effect on muscle protein synthesis, which is the process of building muscle, which theoretically leads to more muscle and strength gains over time. So in conclusion, there is no clear anabolic window during which you must consume protein or risk losing all of the gains that you just worked for in the gym. That's kind of how I had always operated. I really I was talking with one of the coaches on our team yesterday, Coach Sawyer, and we were just talking about, how when we were first getting started, like Bodybuilding. dot com was the central resource. Right. That's where you went for all your information. I used to buy all their shirts. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I would I would specifically pay seventy five plus dollars to get a free shirt
0: every single shipment. Yeah, I think they had a pretty good marketing <laughs> right. campaign there with with those free shirts. Oh, totally. Everyone would wear them. They had well, f- actually, f- hats f- everywhere too. Funny funny stories. Like that
1: was one of the. Um, places that you could actually order from while we were on deployment on the ship and it would and oh, so yeah. like i <laughs> uh, like when when they had a promotion for the their new uh, this was in like 2015 they had a, like a new white um workout shirt with blue lettering and it was like super cool so Everyone ordered that, and then, like a week later, you'd walk into the gym, and there would be like six different people with the same shirts,
0: on. yeah <laughs> so just for people who don't know what you're talking about, what boat are you talking about
1: uh, aircraft carrier when I was on uh in the Marine Corps um, yeah. we were deployed, so in the middle of the ocean they would they would have like ships and and um aircraft bring in our packages and everything, yeah, and like awesome. bodybuilding would ship to a uh an f p o which is foreign post operation uh i think that's exact. maybe i don't know um but yeah, yeah. It, it's just crazy because
0: like um the the stuff that you could order was absurd <laughs> did, did amazon well amazon prime didn't have like two day, definitely didn't have two-day shipping right uh
1: what not did they have? well there was amazon prime um so well i could go into i'll just say this real quickly um i ordered weights like actual dumbbells to the boat from amazon it was primed so uh with prime the the company has to pay for the shipping right
0: well yeah the shipping is a very low cost or usually zero depending on where you are and what the item is
1: so i i shipped 105 pounds of weights to a boat in the middle of the ocean amazon prime (laughs) so zero shipping zero dollars for shipping that's crazy
0: (laughs) anyway uh, yeah cool All right, little tangent. (laughs) So as I said, in conclusion, there's no clear anabolic window during which you must consume protein or risk losing all of the gains that you just worked for in the gym. And there's also no research to suggest that eating protein immediately after your workout will benefit you more than eating protein a few hours after your workout is finished. But between three hours and 24 hours post-workout, the research becomes a bit fuzzy. So just to be on the safe side, it's probably best to consume protein within three hours after exercise, especially if you are a competitive strength athlete or bodybuilder. But if you miss this window, then there's really no reason to worry about it. While an exact answer to the question of how long is your post-workout anabolic window will probably never be found because there are simply far too many factors that go into that question. The current working hypothesis established by leading hypertrophy researchers, such as Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, who has authored much of the latest research on this topic, is that it actually depends on your pre-workout nutrition. So, for example, if you work out fasted in the morning, it's more important for you to eat post-workout protein sooner than someone who works out in the afternoon after eating two meals packed with calories and protein. However, if you work out in the evening after your last meal of the day, then you should probably consume a protein shake before going to bed. So, to make your diet potentially as optimal as possible for stimulating muscle protein synthesis or getting as much gains as possible from your training… You should space your total daily protein intake evenly across four to five meals per day. In a 2018 scientific review published by the renowned hypertrophy researchers Dr. Brad Schoenfeld and Alan Aragon, they write, quote, Based on the current evidence, we conclude that to maximize anabolism, one should consume protein at a target rate of 0.4 grams per kilogram per meal across a minimum of four meals to reach a minimum of 1.6 grams per kilogram per day. With that being said, there have been a handful of intermittent fasting studies that have demonstrated that you can maximize your muscle building potential simply by eating all of your daily protein within a short feeding window. But if you are not set on following an intermittent fasting approach to your nutrition, the research touting the benefits of spreading your protein intake across multiple meals throughout the day is more comprehensive and convincing." So that's exactly what we would recommend. Try to get all of your protein intake kind of spread throughout the day in about four to five meals per day. That is kind of quote unquote optimal, but if you can't make that work with your schedule, the most important thing to focus on is just getting all of your daily protein intake in throughout the 24-hour period of your day. All right. So that's going to be a wrap for this episode. If you found value in this episode, please take a minute right now to tell one other person about this podcast. We're on a mission to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives because we firmly believe that the more healthy and fit vegans there are in the world, the faster veganism will spread. So please help the animals, the planet, and other people by sharing this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. And until next time, keep challenging the freaking status quo. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. To take the next step in your vegan fitness journey and get access to all our best content for free, check out TheVeganGym.com. We'll teach you everything you need to know to torch body fat, break through plateaus, build lean vegan muscle, and supercharge your health. Get started right now at TheVeganGym.com. Until next time, peace, love, and gains.